Teaching math is hard, and it's even harder if you hate math. When you're an upper elementary teacher, you're expected to be an expert in all of the subjects. It can be tough to reach out to other teachers when you need help. And if you don't feel supported by your admin, then it's easy to feel completely lost and hopeless when it comes to teaching math. No wonder so many hate it. But don't worry, you're not alone. You're now part of the best unofficial math PLC for upper elementary teachers learning to love math. Hey teacher, and welcome to the Learning to Love Math podcast. I'm Brittany. I'm a teacher, math tutor, and the seller behind the Teachers Pay Teacher store, Math with Minis. In just two short years, I went from basically being math illiterate to having students make two years worth of gains with math in my classroom. I create courses and resources like this podcast to help third to fifth grade teachers foster math fact fluency and build skills for mental math in their classrooms. Welcome to our PLC. And welcome or welcome back to the Learning to Love Math podcast. I am so glad you're here. I'm your host, Brittany, from the Teachers Pay Teachers store, Math with Minis. I'm a teacher, I'm a tutor, and a resource creator, obviously on Math with Minis, which is my TPT store. Today, our episode is a little bit different. In the past few episodes, I've really been sharing like teaching strategies and tips and kind of concepts on what terms in math are. And we do have a lot of that in this podcast. But this is the real reason I made it, to motivate teachers, to help them encourage their students to learn to love math. And I think one of the things I hear most often, not only from students, but from teachers as well, is I'm just not a math person. Usually when they're saying this, they're really saying, I don't enjoy math, maybe I don't get it, I'm more of an ELA person, or literacy is my jam, or I'm all about social studies. I love teaching history. And if that's you, I want you to stay with me, and I want to try to show you that you actually are a math person, or at least that you can be if you wanna be. And it doesn't require any special purchase. It doesn't require any special conference or PD, although I am gonna share some pretty awesome resources with you here at the end. But I wanna encourage you that if you are not into math right now, just because you feel like it's too hard for you, or that you can never get to a point where you can enjoy it, I want you to know that it is totally possible and that when you start to enjoy math, especially when you start to enjoy teaching math, you're going to see that your students really start to enjoy learning math. And that is when you see the real magic of the classroom and you see really huge gains academically and otherwise. So let's get into it. Let's first talk about the myth of being a quote unquote math person. First, we have to think about the difference between talent and skill. Now, it might be that you don't have natural talent for math. When I think of talent, I think of something that someone just inherently has, either from when they were born or from a very young age, where they show they had some prowess with it. Let's think about singing for a second. I have a talent for singing. Ever since I was a kid, I was able to really easily match pitch. I could sing pretty well, I could match a rhythm, and I could harmonize well even before I had any formal training. However, I did decide that I wanted to improve my craft, so I went ahead and got lessons. I decided to take the natural talent that I had, the natural ability that I had, and hone the skill. So skill, a skill is something that can be learned or practiced or developed. Now there is a point where they meet. I do believe that some people have a talent for math. Math just comes very easily to some people. And maybe that's not true for you. Maybe math doesn't come easily for you. You can flex your math muscles, so to speak, and develop skills in mathematics so that it's easier for you, more enjoyable to do, and that means more enjoyable to teach because to be a good teacher, you probably have already learned that you have to be a good student. You have to be willing to constantly learn and grow and reflect and develop as an individual and as a professional to really have your teaching be improved. 
So that's the difference between talent versus skill. I want to encourage you there. Even if you don't have a natural talent for math, don't worry. It's a skill you can develop. Just stick with me. Stick with the Upper Elementary Math PLC if you're in our Facebook group. And stay tuned for some other resources you have to mastermind and connect with some other amazing Upper Elementary teachers. There's also a little area we have to consider with preference versus ability. You may not enjoy math. Now, I would argue that if you don't enjoy math, it's probably at least partially because you find it hard or inaccessible. A lot of times when we feel overwhelmed, we just don't want to deal with something anymore. And I totally understand that, especially as a teacher. There are so many new things that we constantly have to learn and understand. And you know, whether it's a skill or a strategy or a curriculum, I get it. It could be so overwhelming. Our brains want to keep us safe. So when we come across something that we see as going to be stressful or somehow not going to make us safe, because you know, comfort is safe, our brains are going to find ways for us to just shut down and stop doing it. And if that's the case for you, then I would say that you're actually, your actual problem as far as being a math person, it's not that. It's not that you're not a quote unquote math person. It's the fact that you just haven't developed that ability. And that goes back to developing the skill, right? Because an ability just means that you can do something. And when you have time to practice, when you develop skills, then you definitely see an improvement in your ability. And when you can do something, when it's easier, it becomes more enjoyable. So it might be that you don't have a preference for math, but I would argue that if you just got a little bit better at it, if you started to understand it, if you started to see ways that it could really improve your life and ways that you can understand it and use it for fun, then it might actually become a stronger preference for you. You want to make sure that even if you don't have the talent, you develop the skill, which will increase and improve your ability, which will then likely change your preferences and feelings about math. Because feelings are super powerful. If we don't feel that math is easy or attainable or enjoyable for us, it's going to be really hard for us to motivate ourselves to learn more about it and to do more of it. So yeah, once something's easier, it's more enjoyable. I want to give you some other examples in case you're still not agreeing with me. Cooking. I used to hate cooking, and to be honest, it was just because I didn't know how to do it. Once I started learning some basic foundational fundamental skills in cooking, I started to like it a lot more, and I realized that what I didn't like about cooking wasn't the act of cooking itself. It was the fact that if I felt rushed or if I felt like I didn't have the materials or the ingredients, then it was kind of stressful to keep doing it. But I realized on Saturdays when I take the time to like make a dinner from scratch and I'm listening to my favorite music or a good podcast, it becomes a whole lot more enjoyable. Same for baking. I've actually discovered that I really like baking because it's so precise and because you really do feel like a scientist, you're experimenting with all these different recipes and proportions to see what really works, what makes the best cookie, the best cake. And of course, it's really enjoyable and rewarding because you have something that you make at the end and you can see whether or not you did well. You can see if it tastes good. You can also give it to your friends and family. It becomes a joyful thing that you get to share and take part of. Playing an instrument is another good example of this. Many kids hate taking piano lessons, guitar lessons. They want the end result now, right? They want to already be good at piano. They want to be good at guitar, but they don't like the actual practice of going through it. And I get it, you know, before I did anything I'm doing now, I was actually a music major in my early 20s. And when I had to do scales and arpeggios, and when I had to learn the names and letters on the staff, and when I was doing all these breathing exercises and singing practice, you know, that's not always super fun. It's not because you're having to develop skills and you're increasing your ability and you're having to stretch your ability from where you're not really proficient to where you exceed where you were before. And that is hard. 
But when you do it, what an amazing thing. It's so fun when I just bust out karaoke with friends and I showcase my voice. It's fun. When I'm at church and I can harmonize with people, when I'm going to things like picking parties in Tennessee, I'm not from Tennessee, but when I go and do things like that and I'm able to meet up with other musicians and participate in something like that in that way because of something I've spent time learning and developing, it is so much more enjoyable and rewarding. And so it encourages me and motivates me to continue learning and growing and getting better and developing my craft because I know I'm going to be able to have more joy from it. And I really do believe that math can do that for you if you start to see where it can be applied in your life and where you can pass it on to students to help them see it can be applied in their daily life and it can help be fun for them, not just for, for work, but for fun as well. I would say it's the same for driving, dancing, sports, drawing, painting, crafting, basically anything where you have to develop a skill over time where you start out terrible, you probably suck at first, and then you keep going and you keep getting better. Okay, so you probably already know that you use math every day, right? Like there's an application for it. We use it to pay bills, go shopping. We use it to grade papers and assignments. We use it for planning, cooking, baking, even in music for rhythm and timing. We use it when we're tiling or carpeting our floors or renovating stuff in general. We even use it when we're planning class parties. How many bags of chips do I need to get? Or how many bottles of soda, two liters, to have at least eight ounces for everyone in the room, right? gardening, decorating, even planning an Instagram grid. Yes, really. Even ordering takeout, we're using math all the time. But I think one thing that teachers often miss is that when we're talking about the reasons that students need to learn math or when we're thinking about the reasons ourselves, we're just sticking to quote unquote life skills. We're just sticking to work. And while those things are important, they're not super motivating or fun, right? When I'm encouraging someone to learn a new instrument or to get vocal lessons, I'm not talking about, oh, it's gonna be so great. You're gonna love learning your scales and you're gonna love learning your arpeggios and you're gonna love laying on your back and trying to keep a piece of paper up with your belly to just your breath control. If I say all these things, someone's gonna hear them and say, what? Because one, they're not really gonna know enough about the field to know what I'm talking about. If you're a singer, then you know what I'm talking about with the belly thing. and they're not gonna enjoy it because they don't really see how it applies to them. But let's think of some things that students actually enjoy. Students love watching sports with their families, football games, basketball things, things like that. Can they use math there? Absolutely. They can see what someone's average is for a certain athlete. They can, if they're playing a video game, they can figure out what is the critical hit percentage if they're gonna be using certain armor or buffs or spells on this certain character, okay? If they're trying to accumulate a certain amount of points for something, they need to know how many points they need per turn. There are ways that students can apply math right now in a way that's fun and exciting for them that will motivate and encourage them to want to keep learning and doing whatever it is, the equivalent of scales and arpeggios, drills and things like that, so that they can get to where they need to be to do the things that they really want to do. So what does it take to become a math person, really? Well, to be a math person, all you really need to do is do math and be a person. And everyone, no matter who you are, does math at some point of their life, of their day. And we're all people. If you're listening to this, unless you're listening with your pets, you're a person. So you can be a math person too. If math doesn't come easily to you, if you're not enjoying it right now, it can be really hard to consider yourself a math person. For your students, it's the same thing. It's gonna be really hard for them to see themselves as capable of doing math, of enjoying math, for them to see themselves as math people, quote unquote, unless they have some tools to help them get there. This is why you as a teacher, you have 
And I mean, I know it's not fair. I know we have so much pressure and stress riding on us already as education professionals, as educators, but it really does. It really does boil down to you. Can you make yourself a math person? Can you blaze the trail to show your students that if you're capable, they're capable too? I think you can, and I would love to see you do it. So what do you do if you don't feel like a math person? Well, you embody it. You think about what would a quote unquote math person do? How can they use math in their daily lives? And what can they do to make it a game for themselves, to make it something they enjoy? One thing I like to do when I'm shopping is I like to just estimate what the total of my cart's gonna be. I know it sounds so silly, but I really do that. Like we, my husband and I will get up to the self-checkout and I will say, I think it's 50. And then he'll say, mm, I think it's 65, right? We just make an estimate, we round up obviously, and we just see who's closer. It's a simple game. And if you have kids of your own, this is something you can do with them. You can have each of them estimate based on the individual items in your cart, how much do you think the total will be? What a great life skill development opportunity for them. And you can do the same thing for students. Many of you might not know this, but on top of being a teacher and a tutor and a curriculum developer, I'm also a certified life coach. This is a concept that we actually talk about a lot, which is be, do, have. And it's really hard, right? It's really hard to think about like, okay, I will be a math person when I get X score or when I understand X concept, but I'm going to challenge you to flip it. Can you be the math person? Can you embody? Think about who a math person is. What are the different traits of a math person? Or maybe even a mathematician. What does a mathematician do? How do they think? Think about those things and maybe even talk about this with your students so they can think about these things and then start practicing it. And that's literally it. If you think about the math practices for Common Core, talking about math, using math vocabulary, building number sense, these are the things that we really need to do to be a quote unquote math person. So if we can decide, if we can make the decision, we're going to be quote unquote math people. We are going to be the kind of person who practices math skills daily And we're going to help our students do that as well. We're going to do the things that we need to do, the skills, right? We're going to develop the skills, be, do, to then have the kind of proficiency and skill that we need to pass whatever tests our admins want us to pass and so on. Be, do, have. I know though, I know it can be so hard to try to embody being a math person. And it's hard to even know where to start if you don't feel like you're a mathematician yourself. So another really pro tip is to be around other people who have already learned to embody whatever you're trying to become or who are already practicing those those skills, those tools so that you can use the same ones. There's a quote that says, you're the summation or the average of the five people that you hang out with the most. I think that's super appropriate because it's kind of a math quote. It's also kind of a life coaching quote and it is super applicable here. You want to connect with other teachers, math coaches, education professionals, educators who are not just passionate about math, but passionate about helping other teachers and students love and use math. And that is why you should definitely consider coming to the Be A Math Person conference. It's a fully online conference. It's actually totally free for you. And it's asynchronous. I know we're all over that word, but what's great about it is you can attend on your own time, on your own schedule. You can be in your PJs and it's open for you all weekend from January 7th to January 9th, 2022. So you can spend the time looking at what you want to learn. I think that all too often our agency is taken away as teachers. We're told how we need to professionally develop. We are told what we need to do. And I think sometimes even I can contribute to that. And I apologize for that. But I want you to decide. I want you to decide what you want to learn, who you want to learn from. And it is not just me, my friends. It's going to be some other amazing educators and TPT sellers and math coaches and other math folks who are just really passionate about it. They're going to be sharing their concepts, their tricks, their tools, their tutorials, and their quality training with you. 
and it's going to be free. The really cool thing is if you decide that like, okay, I really can't digest all of this in one weekend. I need some more time. You actually do have an option to pay $57 and you get all year access and insiders get all other kinds of bonuses as well. But if you just want to do the free version, that is totally fine. You get access to everything January 7th, 8th and 9th. We'll also have free live Q and A sessions throughout the weekend. So if there's a speaker that you really love and you want to connect with and you want to ask questions, there'll be a place to do that inside a private Facebook group that will only be accessible to folks who register for the conference. And the bonuses that you're gonna get from the speakers if you do decide to purchase insider access is like so many awesome resources, planners for math workshop, tools to help you develop number sense in your students, math fact fluency tips and tricks, all of the worksheets and activities and center stuff that you could ever want or need to have. I am so excited for it, so definitely check it out. I will be sharing it on my Instagram pretty soon. If you're not already an email subscriber, definitely get on that. I have a link in my show notes to a free math fact maze that you're welcome to download that gets you onto my weekly mini math PDs, and you will love the stuff that you get in there. They are just jam-packed with value every week. Sometimes I share a YouTube video, sometimes I share an episode of the Learning to Love Math podcast, or sometimes I just share a freebie or resource with you. Definitely something you want to get involved in. I'd also love to connect with you on Instagram or Facebook, so definitely follow me over at Math with Minis if you're not following me on Instagram already, or come join us over on Facebook at facebook.com forward slash groups forward slash Math with Minis. See you at the Be a Math Person Conference of 2022. Thank you so much for listening to the Learning to Love Math podcast. It's not lost on me that you've chosen to spend part of your day listening to this episode, and I am so grateful for that. I would absolutely love it if you would share this podcast with a few of your upper elementary teacher friends. You can also subscribe to this podcast on whatever app you're using to listen and set it to automatically download. This helps me to get more people to find out about this podcast, and it saves you some time in the morning. We'd also love to see you at the Be a Math Person conference happening January 7th or 9th, 2022. It's completely virtual and online, and you can do it in your pajamas because it's totally asynchronous. It'll be free from January 7th through 9th. You'll be able to access everything. Or if you purchase Insider Access for $57, you'll be able to access all of the content for a whole year. Insiders also get access to a bonus pack of worksheets, activities, and all other kinds of goodies that the presenters are contributing to this year. So it is definitely worth the price of $57. You can register by heading to this podcast episode's show notes by checking out the Math with Minis website, or just go ahead and message me on Instagram and I will get you the link. You can follow me on Instagram over at Math with Minis. We hope to see you there. <laughs>